Here's the million dollar question. How do men like us reach our full potential and grow into the men we dream of being while taking care of our responsibilities, working, being good husbands, fathers, and still take care of ourselves? That's the question, and this podcast will help you with those answers. My name is Brent, and welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast. Welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for all things man, husband, and father. Big shout out to the Fallible Nation. You guys make this all possible, and we love you guys. And welcome to our first-time listeners. We're grateful that you are taking the time to hang out with us today. My name is Brent, and today my special guest's name is Bo Bissett. And today we're going to talk about self-awareness, handling emotional baggage, and you may not even realize that it's all there, and slaying inner demons. So you can become the person that you want to be. Bo, welcome to the show. Thanks, Brent. Nice to be here, man. That was thank you for the introduction. Did I totally butcher your name there? No, you didn't. No. Oh, good. No. <laughs> Usually, and if I you did, I've been called a lot worse, so don't worry about it. Usually, I think and check before I start hitting record. Oh, I forgot to clarify the pronunciation of his name. <laughs> I'm probably going to blow that badly. <laughs> nah, you did good. Bo, I don't do, you, you followed the show a little bit, kind of how I roll with this. I don't do formal introductions because I get to research all you guys beforehand, but that doesn't really tell my audience who you are. So for the audience, in your own words, who is Bo Bissett? Oh man, how do I sum that up in a very succinct statement? I am who I am. I'm Bo Bissett. I am, oh, I've been on, I've been on this, I've been on a healing journey for the last eight years. And I would say that I am a broken soul being pieced back together. I guess that's the best way to put it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Self-awareness as you teach with your stuff is very important. That's that's more than a fair answer. (laughs) People, it's amazing how hard I used to be confused when people got stuck on that question at -hmm. first. And then I started doing podcast appearances on other people's podcasts. Yeah. And the first time I got hit with that, I was like, oh man, now I know how that feels. <laughs> yeah, it's so, difficult. I can sum up like what my, what Amoni is. I can sum up what, yeah, what the process that I use for, to help people through, to find their emotional baggage and, and become the person they want to be. But when you ask me who I am, it's wow, that's, it's difficult to say like, how, who am I in this moment? I'm a collection of all the adventures and experiences and mess ups that make me who I am today. So it's hard of like jamming in there. Right. (laughs) That's, that's the best you can hope for is I am a collection of all of my experiences and how I reacted to them. Yeah, exactly. Right. In my research before the show, I saw that on your personal journey, you said you had cycled across the United States. Did I understand that right? Yeah, man. Yeah. I cycled across America. I've cycled through Vietnam, Cambodia, and Thailand, but I've also cycled around Taiwan. So I used to, yeah, I used to, I used to cycle a lot. <laughs> wow. It's a, how can I ask just United States, where did you start? Where did you end? Yeah, man, I went coast to coast. If I do something, like I'm going to do it straight up. So I started in Moorhead City or actually Atlantic Beach, North Carolina, like on the Atlantic Ocean. And I ended in San Diego, California, like right on the ocean. It's like, like- I took a picture in the beginning on the coast on the, in the Atlantic Ocean, like with mm-hmm. my feet in the sand. And then I did the same thing with on the West Coast with my feet in the sand on the Pacific Ocean. So Was it, it like wasn't a st- straight trip or a meandering trip? 
No, nah, it was not a straight trip. The reason, like, the reason I went on this trip was I had come home. I had hit a another low spot. And I was in Vietnam at the time. And I called my brother. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm flailing. I don't know what's going on. Like, I'm just completely lost. I just had a bad breakup. Like, I lost a job. It's just me self-sabotaging myself again to the nth degree. And he's like, all right, man, come home. We'll get you sorted out. So I did, and I got home. And as soon as I got home and I got clear-headed, I was like, all right, so how am I going to get out of this situation? And I've always been very industrious and good self-starter. So I was like, all right, man, I love cycling. I love traveling. But I was, hey, man, I'll just start a blog, and like, uh, I'll just cycle across the country. And then I'll, I'll interview people, and I'll go to locations. And I'll take photos and just start a travel website. And then, yeah, that'll be my thing, man. <laughs> and I did that and I went, I left with a hammock and I had a few people set up along the way that I'd already talked to with bed and breakfast and that I would uh, exchange a write up on my website for, for staying in their place. And that worked for a couple of stops and then it just stopped working. I stayed with some friends and family along the way. I did, I did end up booking some other, some other people to stay with. But yeah, this few and far between, and the hammock got used a lot more than I had wanted it to. Luckily, the year that I went across the country was there was a huge drought, and I don't think it. I think it rained on me once in the eastern part of Colorado. So, needless to say, I got to the other side of the country. Like my blog did not do what I wanted to. I didn't. Ha I didn't pick up as many followers as I wanted to. There was no. I had some money coming in actually from donations and stuff. I put a donation button on the on the website, and that bought me a, a sandwich here and there. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't get hit very often, does it? Anyway, yeah, that didn't work out. But that's so that's why I went across country across the states. The reason I went across country or went through Southeast Asia was I was living in Taiwan at the time, and I had a friend that was living in Thailand who's getting married, and I had the I was teaching English at the time. And I said, I said, why, man? I just got the month off. I just come see you. And I'm like, I'll bicycle there. So I flew into Ho Chi Minh, the southern part of Vietnam, and I rode through Vietnam to Cambodia and into Thailand, all up into to go see him. And then I uh, cycled back into Cambodia and flew from Siem Reap. Yeah, Siem Reap, place I don't know if you've, you might have heard of, but it's a place with it's all the temples. It's got a lot of temples. And, okay, yeah. It's beautiful. It's really beautiful. So anyway, I flew back from Taiwan from there and made a, ended up making a nice vacation out of it. So men get a lot of crap about being disconnected from our emotions, and but that's not really what you're talking about in self-awareness, at least I don't think, by reading your website and looking into what you're doing. So what do you mean by self-awareness? Self-awareness. Self-awareness is a conscious recognition of the thoughts, words, deeds, emotions that we employ to navigate the relations, our relationships. And that goes further than just you and your wife or you and your girlfriend or you and your mom and dad or anybody. We have a relationship, every single thing in this world, everything that that's in our field, we have a relationship with and even ourselves. So self-awareness is becoming aware of those unconscious things that we do that are keeping us 
from realizing our potential that are keeping us self-sabotaging. Okay. So we're not talking about disconnecting from our emotions, right? Because men get called that all the time. I don't think that we're, I don't think the average man is disconnected. A lot of men just push things down and then refuse to look at the emotional side, right? It's because we, a lot of men consider the emotional side to be a side of weakness, but that's how we've been brought up. We've been like, man up, don't be weak. Don't cry. Don't be a baby. Get yourself together. That's stuff that we get told all the time. We think that emotions are a signal of weakness and that we to to process and to get through the moment and get through the emotion that we're experiencing, we just have to ignore it and push it down and not deal with it. And in fact, that is the opposite thing that we need to do with. <sighs> the thing is, like emotions, like what I found, like emotions were ruling my life, silently killing me. They were the major contributing factor to the way that I was living my life, abusing myself with drugs and alcohol. And I bankrupted myself financially, romantically, with my family, with friends, drugs, alcohol. I just, I was ruining my life. And I could not figure out what it was, why I was doing it. And there's so many things that we do, men and women, that we're not aware that we do. And those things that we're not aware of, most of the time, are their subconscious actions, their subconscious thoughts, their subconscious emotions that we feel and that other people are re- reacting on. There's things that we say that we're not aware of that trigger other people, that make other people mad, that get us fired, that get our spouse angry with us. There's things that we do that we're not aware of. Oh man, I didn't know I was doing that. And a lot of it, yeah, a lot of it is based on emotions. But some things like if, I, if I'm talking and I'm clicking my pen, that's just a, that's a your nervous habit. But other times, if there, you know, if there are things that you're doing, saying, thinking, and it's affecting your relationship, a lot of times that is emotional. It's an emotional attachment that you formed as a child and is now affecting the way you live your life decades later. And that's that's the frustrating part, is that those things that, that we don't know what we're doing. So it's like, how do I change something that I don't know that I'm even doing? Because our wife, our girlfriends, our family, friends, they'll call us out for doing things. Someone will tell you something and like, yeah, whatever. You don't put any weight on it because you don't believe that you're doing it. But when you do realize, and that is the self-awareness, when you realize the things that you're doing, the things that you're saying, things you're thinking, and even the things that you're feeling, because our feelings, whether you know it or not, you might think that, oh, I feel angry, I push it down, and that doesn't affect everybody. That's BS, man. That is BS. Because those emotions, those other people will feel those emotions. If you get angry, you can't hide it. Your wife picks up on it. Your kids pick up on it. Your boss picks up on it. If oh, you're yeah. sad, you can see another person in sad. You can feel their energy. You can feel like, oh, man, that person's sad. We, most of us will naturally walk up to a friend that's down in the dumps and the shoulders may be slumping and they, know they may look like crap but man you can feel that 
Oh yeah. I did that today. I just, I was at church this morning and one of the guys I know at church, I walked over, I just patted him on the shoulders as I was walking by. I was like, Hey man, you're just looking worn. Like you, you were just yeah. weathered today. Are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm just mentally tired, man. He's like, I didn't realize it was like, yeah, it's there. If you know you, you can see it. So mm -hmm. let me ask you the really deep question of the show then is what is your favorite ice cream? My favorite ice cream. Oh man. Anything with chocolate. <laughs> Oh, come on. I was hoping for something totally exotic since you travel, have traveled so much, but. Oh man. Oh uh, yeah. I think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like chocolate and like more chocolate. So it's like chocolate with chocolate chips and like double fudge chocolate or like something. Oh like yeah. That. Yeah. You're talking the more about more chocolate, the better. So not just plain chocolate. It's gotta yeah. be like, it's gotta souped up. Yep. Yep. So I love all the, I think it's, you call it the byline on your website uh -huh. and it's because meditation takes too long yeah will you share your thoughts on that i really i want to know the story behind that yeah man no problem when i first when i first started when i first realized get yourself together man like this is it like i was in my late 30s it was after my bicycle trip i was actually staying with my aunt and uncle and trying to get back up on my feet and my aunt got breast cancer and I was drinking close to a case a day. And at night I was capping off with whiskey and she got breast cancer. And I was like, oh man, what am I doing? My aunt, she, she might, who knows what'll happen with, with breast cancer. And I was like, oh man, I'm throwing my life away. What am I doing? So that really helped shake the, really shake me. Before that point, I stopped drinking like dozens of times and just always kept going back to the bottle. That really shook me. And so I was like, all right, you've got this, you've got this family around you. They've given you a place to support you and for you to get back on your feet and grow. So I started reading, man. I just started going through every book I could get my hands on. And one of the first practices that I started doing was meditation. And meditation is a beautiful practice. Like I still do, I still meditate probably I don't know, maybe three or four times a week. I have some breathing exercises that I do most mornings as well. So I'll meditate maybe five to 10 minutes after that, just to end my, end my breathing practice and ground me. But the thing is with meditation is it takes too long. The end goal, like the end goal for me is to become, to find out what's holding me back and to level up, to constantly level up. And I just don't want to sit in a chair or sit cross-legged for hours on end to hoping that I'm going to get some epiphany or some, some lightning bolt of self-awareness that's saying, Oh, this is what, this is what you're doing in this situation. That's holding you back. Does it calm the voices? Yes, it does. Does it center me? Yes. Does it ground me? Does it make me feel better? Yes. But does it, is it a practice that I can use to move me forward at a speed that I'm ready to move forward at? Like I'm ready to go. What I came up with that tagline or that hashtag because I'm only what I use. This process is uses muscle testing to find the emotions that we've buried or programmed as kids. And this is like a search and destroy work. You find the emotion, 
you connect with it. We have some breathing and release techniques that we use to get rid of the emotion. And then once that's, once that process is complete, once you move that emotion, that connection to the things, to the self-sabotage behavior that you have gets broken. And once that happens, days, hours, days, sometimes weeks later, we have these bubbles that just pop. And that's the self-awareness. And it's, oh my God, I'm doing this. Oh my God, I'm saying this. Oh my God, I'm thinking that. And it, it's different. Like when your friends or your family tell you that you're doing something, you're like, yeah, I got it, I got it. But when you realize, when you consciously realize the things that you're doing that are holding you back, it is like a lightning bolt. It really is like a lightning bolt of awareness that like, oh man, I've, I am doing that. And that's when your life changes because when these subconscious behaviors, thoughts, deeds, emotions that we have, they're running in the background. They're programs that are running in the background. We don't know. We don't know what we're saying, doing, thinking. When we realize it, when those, when those deeds and thoughts, when those, when they become conscious, we finally have a choice. Because when they're in the background, we don't have a choice. We don't even know what's going on. But when that gets brought to the front ground, to our conscious attention, we realize, oh, I am doing that. Then we have a choice. And with that choice, we can start doing something different. Or we can keep doing the same thing. But in that moment, in that conscious realization, we have that choice to do start doing something different. Well, let me stop you right there for just a moment. <clears throat> Let's clarify this for our listeners. Okay. What is it precisely you do? Okay. I use a process that I put together called Amoni, which is based on muscle testing. Muscle testing is one of the, yes, yeah, one of the four foundational practices that I use in Amoni. Muscle testing is an amazing process. I first learned about it about a decade ago and it was through partner muscle testing. It's where one person holds their arm out and the other person stands behind them, behind you. I ask you a question and if your shoulder drops, if your muscle goes weak, then the that's a no, right? If your muscle stays strong, that's a yes. The science behind it is basically the muscle cannot stay strong under a false statement. Okay. Now I'm someone who likes to do things on my own. I like to read, I research, I learn, I do it, but I like I like to do things on my own. I don't want you know, I don't want somebody testing me. That's when that's why when I first learned about muscle testing, I was like, ah, I just I don't like bothering other people. Hey, will you do this? No, I like, I want to do it on my own. So when I found out we could self muscle test, I was like, oh, this is game changer for me. And the thing is with self muscle testing and as with anything else, it takes a while for you to establish the line of communication between you and your body. It's basically what you're doing. What the way, Excuse me. The way I muscle test is I use uh, my left hand as my control hand. I use my pinky and my thumb like this. And then my uh, index finger. And then I use my thumb and my pinky finger with my right hand. And again, so this is strong. All right. 
yes. And if it breaks, no. So yes, no, yes, no. Okay. Once, once you are proficient with muscle testing, once you can understand the way your body communicates with you, everything opens up. Because since we were children, we've cut off, we stopped listening to our body. As soon as we were born, we have our parents telling us what to do, what not to do. Then we go to school. And then we have teachers, we have other students, we have the principal. Then you fall into getting a job. And you, for by the time you're 20, it's been two decades where you have not listened to yourself. You've been listening to other people. You've been following other people's directions. And now, nowadays, we have a mobile phone that most people can't put down for more than 30 seconds. And we rely on that device to tell us everything that we need to do. There's very little conscious thought that goes into our day-to-day actions anymore. And so for years, decades, we've cut off the communication. We don't listen to our inner voice. We've been taught not to listen to our inner voice. And muscle testing helps reestablish the communication between you and your body and it opens up that inner voice. All right, let me slide in here real quick. Guys, if you're listening on the podcast, what he was doing when he was demonstrating that was he was connecting his thumb and his pinky finger on each hand and interlocking that loop and saying to test it. And you ask yourself that question. If it goes weak and that breaks apart easily, that's a no. And if that connection stays strong, so that was both hands, pinky to thumb, linked together, pulling against each other. Okay. For all of our listeners, I got to explain that and make sure that everybody on the podcast gets the picture. Yeah, no it's the no problem worries. with filming both the uh, audio and video at the same time. Some of those examples get really, really visible. I'll, I'll keep going. So muscle testing is muscle testing is one of the foundational practices, right? So with okay. muscle testing, we Establish that line of communication and we can get a yes or a no answer. So with a yes or a no answer, you can find that you can ask questions, get the answers to anything that you want. Then we use a meridian chart, fire, earth, metal, water, wood, central governing. And each one of those meridians, there are, oh my God. And which each one of those meridians are organs or parts of the body that are represented in that meridian. And then each side and each of the meridians, we have emotions that correspond or that are that are attached to that organ. So basically what I would do, for example, let's say that you come to me and we're going through our first session. What we do is I work through the chakras and the biggest, the heaviest emotions in the first chakra, shame, guilt. So we start with shame and we would go through and I would say, I would muscle test for you. And I would ask say, Brent, is that okay if you mess, I muscle test for you? If, if I do I have permission to work with you today, you say yes. Then I go through and I say, all right, Brent, what, what emotions does Brent have attached to shame? All right, what's the first age that Brent attached emotions to shame? And then I would start testing, all right? Maybe it's two years old, all right? And then at two years old, then I test and I go through the meridians. Is it fire, earth, metal, water? Let's say that it breaks on water. In the water meridian, we have bladder and the kidney, okay? So then I would say, is it bladder? Maybe it breaks on kidney, all right? 
So in the kidney meridian or in the kidney, we have, we have fear, dread, anxiety. Okay. This has anxiety. So then what we would do is like two years old, you experience anxiety. All right. And then from there, I can also find out is that anxiety, is it from you? Is it from you regarding a situation? Is it from you to yourself? Is it from someone else to you? Because like I said earlier, with regards to our emotions, we are not the only person to feel our emotions. You pick up things from your mom when you're a kid. You pick up things from your dad. If your dad yells at you for for touching one of his guns or doing something you should anyway, doing something you shouldn't have been doing, right? Then you are the recipient of that anger. Okay? And we embody that anger. See, our body is like a like your high school hallway, right? just littered, littered with lockers. And inside of these lockers, we keep emotions. So that's what this meridian chart is. It's like your high school hallway. And I go through and I find, I go through all of these lockers and I find out what emotions that you've attached to situations in your life. We connect with those emotions. We do it consciously. Close your, head, close your eyes, connect with that emotion. Does, is there a memory that pops up? If not, it doesn't matter. Then what we do, the second part of that process is we go into the body, all right? Where do you feel that emotion? I told you that we found it in the kidney, it doesn't matter. Where do you feel, okay? You might feel it in your in your left hip, okay? You might feel it in, this, in, the, in your midsection. You might feel it in your heart. Once you would connect with that, we had their release points that correspond to each of the meridians and each of the organs. Why can I not say organs today? <laughs> each of those organs in the body. So when we, we find the emotion, we connect with it, then we use the release point that corresponds to that organ and that meridian. And then we use what is what I've come up with is the ama breath. Right? The ama breath is a three-part breath. It's spelled A-M-O. Amo in Spanish means I love. But the first part of the breath, ah, we visualize light coming down from above, down through down through the top of our head, our throat, into our chest. But the M part is a, more of a sound. It's a, mm, we imagine that, that energy that's from above coming down and swirling in our heart center. And as it's doing that, we imagine that we visualize the energy that we connected with coming out of the area where we found it and swirling into our heart center. And with the O, with the O, we expel that energy. I would do that several times, we connect with and then release that energy. The Amo breath is really, it's a culmination of, of practices as well. First of all, it's like visualization because you're visualizing the emotion and connecting with the emotion, you're visualizing it leaving your body. So with the Amo breath and then the, another part is the vibration of the breath actually it's the vagus nerve which is it's like an emotional reset as well and then at the very end at the end of each at the end of each emotion that we connect with and release we use some neurolinguistic programming and some creative visualization to grease the wheels of intention and move us out of the out of our stuckness into and onto the path of our conscious intentions guys we've been getting to know Bo so far and what he's got going on in the second half of the show we're going to dig in a little more we're going to talk about change and just getting your head right and getting yourself right we're going to roll to our sponsor real quick and we'll be back with more from Bo 
I'm calling on all men right now to stand up and stand against this horrific crime. It is estimated that over 300,000 children are being sex trafficked in the United States alone every single day. I want you to get on your social media. I want you to follow savinginnocence.org or fightforme.net. Both of these charities are working to end child trafficking in the United States and abroad. You can donate at www.thefallibleman.com shop and buy our inhuman trafficking merchandise. And all proceeds will be given indefinitely to savinginnocence.org. You can also go to www.savinginnocence.org slash donate and donate directly to Saving Innocence. Men, it is time for us to fight and stop this horrible thing known as human trafficking. Welcome back. We're here with Boba Set. I'm probably killing that. I, I like worry every time I say it. Discussing okay. self-awareness, emotional baggage. And in this half show, we're going to dig more into his all-knee technique and what he's doing with that. We're going to talk about change. We're talking about just getting that's something that we all struggle with. No matter man, woman, it doesn't matter. All of us grow up and there are just times in our life where we got to get when that might be physically, that might be mentally, that might be emotionally, but we're going to dig more into that with Bo. As we get into the second half of the show, what purchase of a hundred dollars or less in last year has had the most meaningful impact on your life? These right here. Breathe right strips. Oh, are those the breathe rights? Oh, I love those. Dude, I, I love those. <laughs> Honestly, I was... I've been following this guy, Alex Hormozzi, for a while, and he does his, he, on his podcast, or not, he doesn't do podcasts, he just does YouTube videos. Anyway, on his YouTube videos, he's always wearing one of those breathing strips, and for the last two years, I don't know, this came out of nowhere, like allergies, and just, yeah, breathing problems. And so I saw him wearing one, and I was like, really? On camera? <laughs> Yeah, so exactly. That was my exact thought. So I was like, dude, I got, all right, so this is like coming at me, so I got to check it out. Man, I put it on and immediately it had, I swear, like probably a 30% increase in like the oxygen coming oh, yeah. through my nose. It hit my brain, like one of my old addictions. I was like, whoa, dude, I can breathe. It's awesome. I so. sleep so much better when I actually remember. To put, I'm really bad about remembering to put them on, uh-huh. but like I sleep better with them on. I got one batch that the glue was like, the glue was like super... I don't know, like it was off on, like I peeled it off in the morning, like it ripped pieces of skin with it. I was like, it can be tough. Yeah, this is, I got this Chinese brand. They're not as, they're not as, they're not as tough as some of the American ones, right? Yeah, but this one is, I, the only reason I'm not wearing it is because I knew I was going to be doing video right now. Otherwise, I would be wearing this thing right now. I wear it all day long. I really only put them on at night. I'm, I guess I'm too vain, but. <laughs> so, Bo, you talk about dealing with inner demons. Why do you think some of us are so resistant to the idea of tackling the emotional or mental demons of our past? First of all, because, you know, I believe a lot of us just, you don't want to, we don't want to concede our weaknesses to something like an emotion. So, like we've been taught years and years that emotions are equal weakness. So the average man is not going to, it's not going to want to, tap into something that he's been told is associated with weakness and it's there's it's also not it's not a tangible thing that you can work with guys a lot of guys like working with their hands they're like they like getting in and just fixing a problem and you're what do i need to do this and what actions do i need to take with the emotional with the emotions that we bury that we program that we 
spend the first part of our life just grabbing onto and just throwing into our body, our subconscious does that so it can make sense of the world and how we are supposed to react to it. And so it's, yeah, the the emotions are not, they're not tangible. So the average man is not going to say, it's just not going to identify with that. That's why 90% of the people I deal like that I work with are women. Women are much more open to dealing with their emotions. Okay. Subconsciously, I was watching, have you ever, have you heard of the knees over toes guy? Yes. His name's Ben Patrick. So I got a wreck, crippled my body over the years through different accidents and stuff like that. But my knee is just wrecked. So I've been watching him and I was watching one of his videos the other day and he was saying that going to grass, taking butt all the way to your ankles on your squats. And he's got a few other exercises that help, help you do this. But the reason to do so is because by working that joint, by going all the way down, you stimulate the body to produce the synovial fluid, which is necessary to grease that joint. The reason that so many Western people our age and older cannot go ass to grass is because we sit in a chair all day. We sit at work all day and then we go home and we sit on a couch. So here's the thing. This is what I've learned about the subconscious. In the name of efficiency, your body is shutting down the production of that synovial fluid so it can focus on all the other junk that you're throwing at it. It's because, like I said, efficiency. It's like, all right, you're not using that anyway, so I'm just going to stop. I got enough stuff to worry about with the food you're throwing in me and the stress you're throwing at me. Like That's getting shut off. The body does the same thing. The subconscious, that is your subconscious control. Your subconscious does the same thing with the emotions in the name of efficiency. When we are born, we start embodying emotions. And we do that because when we encounter a situation and there's an emotional reaction to that situation, our subconscious programs that and says, all right, this is how we react when this situation happens again. It does so the subconscious can worry about what's going on inside. So it can continue pumping the heart. So it can continue pumping the lungs, the oxygen going in through the lungs. So it can continue with cellular regeneration and hormone production and all that stuff. In the name of efficiency, it's programming your reactions to events. And so that's why later on down the road, decades down the road, when we're trying to stop drinking, or when we're trying to stop eating junk food, or we're trying to start exercising, or we're trying to start or stop anything, and we can't do it, or we get, we make a little progress, but then we fall back because we are fighting programs that we've installed as children. We are fighting the subconscious. And the frustration, the frustration that you feel, your frustration can be your best friend because that frustration you feel is your conscious self, I want to lose weight. I want to get in shape. I want a better relationship with my wife. I want a better, it's going against your subconscious programs that are telling you, uh-uh, sorry, pal. 
I actually, it's funny because you jumped in about three of the questions I have on here. <laughs> so, oh, good. This flows together nicely. Glad I ordered those right. Yeah, you did. No, I was looking at the stuff you have and I was looking at your comments about frustration and okay, I get that. And I actually, so I understand part of what you're saying because I understand the physical side of it. The example of the knees to toes guys makes sense to me. Mm. It's like runners tend to shed excess muscle weight on their upper body because it's not efficient to have muscle up there if you're going to be doing long distance running. Exactly. That's why every weight guy who lifts weights is, oh, I can't do cardio. I'll lose, I'll lose muscle. No, you won't. You're an idiot. <laughs> you, that's only for like extraneous circumstances, like super long distance runners. But that's why it's so important to maintain muscle mass, right? To maintain lifting weight when you're trying to lose weight, because you have to give your body a reason to keep the muscle, which is less efficient than the fat because your body wants to get rid of the least efficient thing first. So you have to keep lifting through the weight loss to keep from losing your muscle. So I get that at that level. Guys just, I don't know why we don't like to deal with these things sometimes. And I think that's a good, it goes back to the idea of, oh, that's weakness to admit that I have to deal with something. But I was looking at, you're talking about change is who we are and what we do. It's inevitable. And you only have a choice of what side of change you land on, the positive or the negative side. Now, anybody who listens to the show regularly knows that you're speaking my language with this. Like I, I read that on your website. I was like, yes, <laughs> I'm the same. We are synced up here. We got this. <laughs> but can you break that down simply for our listeners? Yeah, the, we are like even metabolically, cellular. You and I are not the same person that we are when we started this interview an hour ago that in itself is just a huge like stamp or exclamation point that we are not the same you and i after having talked to each other there there will be something that you say that there's actually there's multiple things that you've said and done since we've started that have resonated with me and it will help me go on to be a better person in my next interview and in my next talk and there will be things that I have said and things that resonate or n not even on a conscious level with you as well that you'll sure. take and do, you know, in your life as well. So we are always changing. There's the only way that, that if we could not change, if we were stuck in a vacuum and our, I don't know, our aging or metabolic, yeah, if we were just like frozen, cryogenically frozen or something like that. Otherwise, just on a, even on a physical level, it's change is inevitable. Okay. So, and I think most people, it's funny because we're so resistant to change, right? As humans, we are so resistant to change. And I joke about only dead things don't change. I have a shirt on my website about it. And I joke about it because it's like, if you think that, then you're not familiar with dead things because <laughs> dead things change constantly too until they're just not anymore. Exactly. Uh, change is just this inevitable part of life. But it's just like the idea of suffering, right? Everybody suffers something. It may not be the same exact thing. And we can't necessarily put it on the same level as anybody else. But what you ultimately have control over is how you react to that, how you conduct yourself through that. But everybody's got a problem. Everybody's got something on their back. It could be financial. It could be physical. It could be mental, right? In any number of things. What your suffering is and what my suffering is may be two different things, but we're both suffering in some way. We're both changing in some way. 
all we can do is carry that. I think that's hugely insightful. I loved reading that on your website. And that's part of your philosophy with this approach. Thanks, man. Because people just, we, we do. I'm a routine guy. I was reading on your website, you were talking about programs and some people, right? A lot of people like to associate that and go, it's my routine, right? It's my habit, it's my schedule because I'm a schedule guy. But I also like the fact that you focus on the question why, because most of the time when you ask somebody why they do something, they have no clue. Exactly. Why do you follow that schedule? It's the schedule I've always followed. Mm. Yeah. Why, but why have you always followed that schedule? Exactly. It's, it's the schedule I've always followed. So I so love we'll do that. digging into that. Yeah, we do that. We do that with just our routine life. And then, so if we don't know, if the average person doesn't know why they do the day-to-day -day things they do, imagine all the other things that we, that we say, that we think that there are, we have thousands of thoughts per day, right? And most of those are subconscious and they're the reactions that we have are subconscious. Like we're just one huge program. I've realized after doing this work that to, to level up in life, to really achieve the things that you want to achieve and really have the insights and the vision that you want, the unfettered vision, you need to stay as a step ahead of the subconscious. So the subconscious wants to keep us asleep. If we're asleep, if we're watching TV, we can do no harm to our, where there's harm that we do just by sitting there and watching TV, but. Homeostasis. Yeah, exactly. If we're just chilling, just glued to the TV, there are no threats coming in, and we're just chilling, and the subconscious is completely happy with that. That's why so many of us are walking around like zombies, because that is the preferred state of the subconscious. To level up, you've got to figure out what those subconscious programs are that you've installed and let them go. And as soon as you start letting them go, you start seeing the things that you've done. And you realize, oh, I do this because when my wife says X, I react this way because. And I don't like to get too focused up on the becauses, the whys, because they're not important. Now, the emotion is what's important. Why you did it in the first place or what happened for you to program an emotion doesn't really matter. That emotion is what's running the program. And so once we get rid of that, then the program is disrupted and you can choose what you want to do going forward. The subconscious craves homeostasis. Its whole job is just to keep you safe. Exactly. That's it. Just safe and dumb and as, as zoned out as possible. Zero change, safety, no no extraneous stress, no extraneous pressure. Exactly. That's where you get homeostasis and that's what the body wants to keep. So Bo, you said you talked to a lot of women, guys tend to hold back. Where is the best place to find you? Best place on the website. I'm doing, that was, yeah, that's my hub, amoneclear.com. 
Uh, I use, I've been dabbling in different social media stuff. And I've got maybe a hundred videos on YouTube, Facebook. I post stuff on Facebook, but uh, I don't, yeah, my website's my hub. Stay out of the social media game as much as possible, guys. That's Amoni, A-M-O-N-I, clear, C-L-E-A-R dot com. Amoni clear is the best place that you can find Bo to find out what's going on with him and what's this can do for you to find out more information Bo, what is next for you <sighs> next for me personally or for the business or what's next, next for Bo? oh next for Bo. my next venture will be out of the my wife and i live in a city in the south of taiwan i'd like to move to the west coast where to a smaller town closer to nature and a quieter quieter area Immediately, within the next, probably within the next year, I'd like to see that happen. Immediately, just, it's like full-on summer here. I live on a small mountain that I'm actually looking out at the Pacific Ocean right now. And that's beautiful right now. So, immediately, just enjoy that. All right. Guys, I want you to seriously consider this, okay? There is a lot to be said. I've had a lot of guests on here. And we keep circling back to there are emotional and mental things in your life that you need to pay attention to. You cannot move forward. You cannot become your best self unless you are willing to deal with all the facets of your life. And that includes your emotional and mental well-being and health. Check out what Bo's got going on at amoneclear.com. Spend some time. Hey, play with med meditation. Maybe meditation takes too long for you. Maybe it doesn't. I never, I won't say I've done a whole lot of it. We had a gentleman on here talking about the value of journaling not long ago. And for some people, that's great. You've got to explore these ideas that maybe you're uncomfortable with, these ideas that maybe seem foreign to you, and find how to protect yourself and care for yourself mentally and emotionally and find out how to make yourself whole, guys. There is more to you than just the person standing in front of the mirror. You are a complex individual. So, Bo, thank you for hanging out on the podcast and enlightening us, sharing with us what you got going on. Guys, check out Bo, okay? Give it serious consideration and see what he's got going on. He's just like you and me, right? He wants to get it done and get it through and get on with his life and move forward. And it sounds like he's found a way that works for him. Maybe that may be the best thing for you. You won't know unless you talk to him and find out. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me. This one, one I want to circle back real quick, just to spend okay. a, a second on what you just talked about. Like you mentioned the individual on the show that was telling you about journaling, right? That's something that I do, journaling. I do meditation. I do breathing. I do uh, this Amoni work. I exercise. I have rings outside of my bedroom window here and I do dips and push-ups sets all day long it's not getting to where you want to be there's not one thing it's a it's a collection of things that we do that push us to the next level and i'm gonna need was the biggest key to me really opening up my life and seeing what i was doing and what was holding me back and it just opening me up to like infinite potential but 
there's so many other things that that we can do to level up, like you said, like journaling and all the other things that, you know, as long as we're focused on getting better and adding more tools to the boss, then you'll continue to get better. Guys, be better tomorrow because of what you do today. We'll see you on the next one. This has been the Fallible Man Podcast. Your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.